What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory, the Wednesday edition. The first episode that we haven't had the uh, the game previews, the season preview to really address. So this is kind of new territory for us, frankly. It's been a while since we've had a show like this, but that's okay. We're going to have some fun anyway. Here to help me have a grand old time are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, how you doing today, my friend? Well, Kent, I was doing great. And then earlier today, you put out a poll on Twitter that deeply offended me to my absolute <laughs> core. You asked our fans, you asked the people, who would be the one seed in an eating competition between you, myself, the Renaissance man, Craig Stout, and our friend Chief Bearcat. Somehow, I am in third place of this poll. By a long shot, I am closer to you in dead last than I am second place, and this is an absolute injustice, and I will not stand for this. Yeah, um, you guys, Maddie's the one seed with a bullet. Like, it's not close. He is. I, I understand that you probably look at his body type and you're thinking, oh, okay, he's a slimmer guy and all that. I'm sure he can eat a little bit. This man is trained to eat eat he is constantly eating as a matter of fact most of the podcasts that you've listened to he's probably <laughs> ate 75 percent of the time that he's been recording them so this man is your number one seed i will take the number two seed which i currently am and i am a top two competitor in this endeavor here but matt is your number one seed so the reason I asked the question, I wasn't really trying to settle a debate on who the number one person is because I asked to, to help us settle a debate because the DMs were getting heated. I, we were trying to seed an eating competition. And I really the only way I could do it was to ask everyone who the one seed is and then just go off of that for seeding purposes. Maddie is the clear-cut one seed. I'm very obviously the four seed. Uh, I was hoping that I might be the three seed in this bad boy. Uh, Craig and Bearcat both claim to be heavy eaters. We're still trying to decide the the, the challenge. Food, the, yes. the challenge. We thought about maybe a two on two kind of matchup. You know, like where like you go to Minsky's and get the the twenty six twenty six inch Gigantor pizza, and you have an hour to finish that. It's nine pounds. Uh, we're still working out the logistics, but there is like an outside chance that we might be getting it into an eating competition at some point in the near future. And look, I get the concept. Chief Bearcat, he's very good at barbecuing, smoking some meats. You associate him with large quantities of meat. So I understand how he gets a large portion of the votes. I am just disappointed that the people took me as a person that could barely eat more than Kent Swanson. Like that deeply <laughs> offends me. Okay. I will eat all three of these guys under the table the next time I see them, and we will do a podcast directly after, assuming Kent can hold his food. Uh, we have plenty to talk about besides, you know, this eating competition that is kind of in the works here. Uh, and here's the thing. We had some ideas about where the show might go today. Uh, we were kind of talking through some ideas, and then about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes before the show uh, before the show started, Mike Garofolo, NFL Network's Mike Garofolo drops an absolute bomb on the Chris Jones negotiations. Uh, let's hear from him straight from him on this. I'm going with the list. I'm going with the guy that's tied for number six. That would be Kansas City defensive lineman Chris Jones, who's on the tag at 16. 16- 
uh, million plus this year, but always viewed himself as a $20 million plus per year guy. The Chiefs, frankly, never did. Even before the whole COVID situation, never made an offer north of $20 million. Felt like they could get him somewhere below that. So a lot of work to be done here if there's going to be a long-term deal for Chris Jones, who was disruptive throughout the regular season and then in the postseason as well. Had a uh, pressure in the Super Bowl that led to an interception. This is a guy that uh, has put up the production the last couple of years to deserve a long-term deal. Not quite sure it's going to happen, though. Not quite sure it's going to happen there. That Guys, we've been saying all offseason that actions speak louder than words. This is the prime example. We talked about, Kent and I talked about on Monday's episode, the fact that, you know, COVID was being blamed for Chris Jones not getting it. You heard out of Garofolo's mouth right there, COVID is not the problem. He wants in, in excess of $20 million, and that's confirmed now by Garofolo that the Chiefs have not even offered that. They're not even entertaining paying him that amount of money. That is massive, you guys. Chris Jones is playing on this tag this year because that they're not coming to that long-term deal if we are this close to the deadline, and that's what's coming out. I think, yeah, that's the biggest takeaway there. I mean, like you guys talked about on this last podcast, people are kind of blaming the situation going on with COVID throughout the whole thing is why Chris Jones isn't signed. And I think in, in theory, it makes a little bit of sense. But when you start digging back through not only what the Chiefs have done so far this year with not offering him anything before the whole pandemic really affected the NFL, before everything was out like this, like they never offered Chris Jones. They got him on the tag as soon as they could. Their action said it. But this goes back to last year. And I think Mike Garofolo kind of lays that out. He thought last year he was worth 20 plus million dollars. The Chiefs, the only contract leak we heard last year from the Chiefs was in the Grady Jarrett range, which is closer to $17 million. It doesn't seem like the Chiefs have moved off that number. It doesn't seem like Chris Jones has come down from his number. And I imagine that gap only got bigger as Chris Jones had a quality year. And then you saw kind of what other guys are getting paid now. It just doesn't seem like they're anywhere close to each other. The DeForest Buckner situation dropped an absolute nuclear bomb into the Chris Jones negotiations. I said it when it happened, and I still believe it. I think Chris Jones is playing on the tag this year. That's my been my stance since May. It just seems the way things are going that that was that it just kind of seemed once that happened it just seemed like some very unreasonable gap between what the team expects to pay or wants to pay Chris Jones and what he's trying to get out of this situation um it i think it i do think it was fascinating that they said uh pre covid that the chief stance was this that is huge that's my that might be of all the 43 seconds we just heard that might be the most interesting thing to me that they've never really had a stance that chris jones is worth close to what he wants in their eyes so then you need to start asking the question why that's how i look at it guys um some breaking news here you guys are getting to hear us do this live on the podcast chris jones Uh tweets out We hear the first from him about this entire situation. He said in response to this video, or I won't play, Le'Veon Bell told me about this. That sounds like a player that's willing to hold out. That's the first time that we've heard that threat about Chris Jones holding out. That is frankly massive news. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
You think? Yeah. Massive news. Well, I mean, we know Chris Jones has trained with Le'Veon Bell before. They've, you know, hung out. They seem to be like they're some level of friends. If I'm a Chiefs fan, the last person I want Chris Jones taking (laughs) advice from is Le'Veon Bell because that just clearly worked out terribly for the team, no matter how you want to slice it up. Didn't it work out terribly for Le'Veon Bell, too? I mean, he got paid again, so did it, Did he get, how much, what was his guarantees, though? He's still getting paid now. I know, but what were his guarantees? And it was like a lot less than he thought he was getting. He lost money because he also missed out on the year and everything. So like he definitely came away with less money than if he would have just signed a deal. So I don't know what the rationale is to listen to Le'Veon Bell there. But like if you're looking at it from as a Chiefs fan perspective, like at this point, you're running the risk of not getting anything for Chris Jones for part of the year if they don't come to terms. I don't know what kind of trade value he's going to have when he's making it this obvious he doesn't want to play. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be willing to give him that, you know, uh, Buckner level contract to get him on the field. I don't know what the end result is this that's the best for the Chiefs. Your only major hope is the team feels like he's a Khalil Mack level player and gives you that huge trade offer right before the season starts. Uh, Craig, you, I think you said this like, I don't know, back in early August. When was the last time an Andy Reid, a, a, a player that held out with Andy Reid, got a deal? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a very, very long time, guys. When those players hold out, when they don't show up, they tend to be traded. They tend to just play out their contracts, and the team moves on from them. I frankly thought that this was going to be a situation where Chris Jones was going to play out his contract in Kansas City, and we were going to see what happened. If they could trade him, great. But I figured that he was going to play out here. I, this, this changes everything. It really changes everything. If he is genuinely willing to hold out, if he's genuine will, genuinely willing to not play under the franchise tag, that is dangerous. They are going to have to do something. And before I, I turn it over real quick, anybody that's doubting the credibility of this report, Chris Jones's response right now tells you the credibility of this report right wow, now. Wow, that's a very good point. So do, uh, you sitting here going, well, Garofolo, what does he know? You know, we're hearing from Veach, we're hearing from James Palmer, we're hearing from all these guys. Why aren't we hearing those guys say, you know, such and such? Chris Jones's response to this tells you everything. Chris Jones basically just confirmed the entirety of the drama of the entire offseason. Yes. I'm not trying to, like, magnify it any more than it needs to be, but Chris Jones just confirmed what... I think some wondered. I want to just take this opportunity to say part of the reason I've been so pessimistic over the course of the offseason and, and, and over the course of last offseason that Chris Jones would be getting a deal is because I think his agents have played this terribly from Jump Street. I'm not trying this isn't going to be can't, this isn't going to be Rant Swanson I don't think, but I think from the idea that he held, from, from holding out last offseason trying to leverage that and basically everything since I think it's been awful. I just think it's been poor. The demands are too high. The expectations are not high. The market is not there for him where he thinks it is. Teams value him under... I think teams value him under $20 million or the vast majority of teams. The Chiefs value him under $20 million. It just got confirmed. They do not hold him in the same esteem as the Colts held DeForest Buckner. They, like we said last week, or on Monday, teams watch first down. I think there's some validity to that. I really do think that there's some validity to some teams not looking at him as a complete three-down player against the run in the pass. 
I think there's been some inflated expectations for his contract, even in Kansas City. I mean, I, I do think that there has been some inflated perception of what his value is, and it's not what people think it is. I think that has just been confirmed. This is the worst case scenario for the Chiefs here because Chris Jones coming out talking now, plus this report. I mean, I think the report was plenty valid beforehand, but if you needed the confirmation, like Craig said, it's now pretty much confirmed by Chris Jones himself that it's true. But this is the worst case scenario for the Chiefs. They didn't get him traded before the draft. So you're not going to get much of anything for, for him this year. If you were to trade him, hypothetically, you're not getting any return for this season. Even if you do decide to trade him at this point in time, it has to be a team that there's no mystery. Chris Jones isn't going to work with a new team and give him a friendly deal. Chris Jones is not coming out talking like Jamal Adams, where there's, oh, there's some teams that I'm not going to demand all the money from in the world as soon as I get there. No, he's saying, I'm not going to play unless you pay me as one of the highest one or two paid defensive tackles in the NFL. Now, maybe he's worth it. He's a very good pass rusher. So that's a completely different argument if he's worth that value, but you're just limiting the teams that are going to want to pay him because he's making it very, very clear. He's only going to play for that kind of money. On top of that, with the whole COVID offseason, I don't think the teams are that interested in bringing in late edition guys that they can't fly in on their own time for physicals, for meetings, things like that. I think that does limit the trade value he has too. At the end of the day, the Chiefs might be left kind of having to sell Chris Jones on the low or just risk him not actually holding out, hope he needs money for something and decides to report at some point in time and kind of call his bluff. It's just it's a bad situation for the Chiefs. Jason OTC from Over the Cap just pointed out that the Le'Veon Bell and Chris Jones situation is different in the standpoint that the Chiefs can tag Chris Jones again and still be under that $21 million. Kent, I believe, talked a little bit about this on Monday. The Chiefs the Chiefs can pay Chris Jones the next two years at the Grady Jarrett number. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, Which Le'Veon is the number Bell, reported that they want. <laughs> on the other hand, Le'Veon Bell was on his third franchise tag at the time. So it was just going to be ridiculously prohibitive for the, you know, for the team to pay Le'Veon Bell on the franchise tag to, you know, basically hold out again. If Chris Jones held out, the Chiefs definitely could tag him again. Now, that's a waste of money. But we'll see how this season goes. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, okay, I want to I want to ask this question because we're always listening to this news and maybe it's because we've seen some stuff behind the scenes. I don't know. 
why did this news get out? What is the question? Like that, that, what, 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 what is the reasoning is my question to you, Maddie. Why did this news get out today? Well, the reason I wanted to talk about this exact topic was because I think it was a fair talking point of why all of a sudden did Mike Garofolo get confirmation that this was a good thing to report? Why did he all of a sudden feel confident that this was accurate? I don't think it's much of a talking point anymore because Chris Jones kind of summed it up. It seems like it's pressure coming from Chris Jones' side to say, hey, I want this deal or I'm not playing. Like, I don't think that it's just coincidence that yet again, information broke about Chris Jones' contract, not exactly talk going his way, that he is immediately on some form of social media talking about it right afterwards. I don't, that's the second time now this has happened. I don't think that's coincidence. Somebody put this out there to Mike Garofalo. Somebody's willing to say, no, this is true. Somebody he believes has real value here. And Chris Jones coming out and saying he's not going to play right after it makes me think that it's probably a move from Chris Jones' camp trying to pressure the Chiefs into paying him, paying him more, or getting a team to come calling to try to trade for him. Absolutely. Absolutely the case. We've seen it time and time again. It's not a bad tactic. Frankly, it's not a bad tactic. Have the Cats brothers get somebody to report that the Chiefs are not coming to the table, that the Chiefs are not backing up their words because everybody sees Brett Veach go out there and say, he's a priority. We want to keep him, everything like that. Have the Cats brothers tell what's going on behind the scenes, leak that out there in the hopes that a little bit of maybe fans groundswell or, you know, some... Which is happening. It is happening. It's definitely happening right now. Kind of builds up and forces Brett Veach and the Chiefs' hand to come up a little bit more. But the problem with that is they've got to be close in money to do that. And we know that they're not talking from several different sources. And we know that Chris Jones wants north of $20 million and the Chiefs don't view him that way. So... In that regard, it seems like they're at an impasse. This feels like a Hail Mary. It really does feel like a last gasp to try and get the Chiefs to extend the offer and then you know, kind of see what happens after July. Uh, I think the Chiefs came out with the COVID, the COVID excuse. I think that's what I know now. That's what I believe now. Yes. If the Chiefs came out with, well, we wanted to pay him. We can't because of COVID. And I think that would really jive well with what Brett Veach says. Hey, he's a priority. We want to keep him. And then the Cats brothers come out and say, through Mike Garofolo, the it has nothing to do with COVID. They've just never wanted to pay us at all. That's what this whole thing sounds like to me right now. And I don't think – I think the Cats brothers think that there's a PR storm that they're creating right now that's going to force the Chiefs' hand. I really think that's what they – that kind of feels – Honestly, like what their part of their move has been this entire time, having Chris Jones ready to go on Colin Coward hours after it was announced that he was going to be playing on the tag. Who announced that he was going to be playing on the tag? Was that Garofolo too? Because that would be interesting. Oh, I don't remember. Who I that can't remember was. off the top of my head. We might have to find that out. Mm-hmm. But that you know that that would be an interesting thing to track too. Um, but. I mean, they've been prepared, and we've now seen two comments from Chris Jones right after major significant news about the the negotiations that don't seem to really be in his favor. I think the I think the Cats brothers want to want some PR trouble for the Chiefs. They're putting a little pressure on them. I don't think it's going to work. Well, that's I, don't I don't think get. it's a good move. I don't get the pressuring the Chiefs. You're pressuring the team that just won the Super Bowl that had to play multiple right. games throughout the regular season in a game and they playoffs without you. And it's not like they were 
absolutely struggling when you went on the field. Like, I get it. Chris Jones is a very, very, very good pass rusher. He's a very good player. He deserves to get paid a lot of money. The Chiefs are clearly a better team right now with him than they would be without him today. But I don't think that he's in position to pressure the Chiefs to open up the wallet and let him take whatever he wants because they've had to play without him. His skill set still does not align perfectly with what Steve Spagnuolo says. No matter how much it tries to get spun into how great he was last year, that's because he's just a really good player. His skill set is not ideal for what Steve Spagnuolo has historically done or what he even did last year with him. Like, There's no reason the Chiefs are going to change their mind because of this drop. It seems like desperation coming from his agent. All right, so this has brought new questions for me uh, this, well, this whole night. Uh, we're kind of just flying off the cuff here, but I have an interesting question that I didn't think I would be really seriously having the conversation about today. Are we sure the Chiefs are, cre- are keeping Chris Jones? Are we sure they're not going to trade him? And the re- I, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think they're going to get the best value, and I don't think it makes them better in 2020. I don't. I like. It definitely makes them worse, and that sucks. But I am also almost wondering at this point, with where things are at, which with how toxic it really appears to be. I mean, we're not we're not seeing any conversations. This is just all out in public right now, and it does not look good in the slightest. Craig, are we sure that Chiefs are going to be able to keep Chris Jones realistically this year? Now, I don't know. I do know this: the locker room's not going to suffer. Because Chris Jones isn't there. I think those guys love Chris Jones. I don't think that that's an issue. I'm not trying to you know, say that he's not an integral part of the locker room or anything like that. But it's strong. It's a strong locker room. It's going to unite around Mahomes, Matthew, Frank Clark. Those guys are going to keep everybody in line. So it's not, I don't think it's a situation where he's going to be so much of a disruption by not being there that it's going to cause an off-field media circus. I think those guys will handle it. I think you'll see very diplomatic approaches to it, and you'll just kind of see that those guys are who they are. I'm sure that Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew have been talking with Chris Jones. They know what's up. This isn't going to come out of left field with that. But from that point, if the Chiefs feel like they can get by with it and they don't love the value, they could keep him this isn't like the clowny situation last year where the texans were just bound and determined to get whatever they could i think that the chiefs if they really really felt like they could get more value might sit on him might try and tag him again and we might see a trade before the draft next year and then hope that maybe chris jones at some point this year shows up and gets his money you know for the games that he does play This is just a tricky situation now because the Chiefs, I think if Chris Jones does in fact sit out this year and then the Chiefs try to keep him next year and trade him next year, I think his trade value is even lower than it was this year. And we don't know what it was this year. I just don't think it's quite as high as we all hoped going into the offseason. So I just would be a little nervous going into next year having the same thing happen. On the other hand, you don't want to take picks for next year's draft or something like that before this season where you're kind of the Super Bowl favorite, where you should be competing to play in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones was a second-round draft pick. He has not made a ton of money up to this point. If I'm the Chiefs, I would call his bluff and just say, nope, you're going to stay on the tag here. We are going to pay you for this year and this year only at this point in time. I think that's what they've got themselves limited to. But if a team wants to come around and offer multiple first round picks or multiple day one, day two picks for the future like Khalil Mack got, by all means ship him out. I just don't think the NFL sees him 
like that right now. I think, you know, I think the scenario, the best scenario for the Chiefs right now is to pay him $16 million this year. Hope he comes and plays 16 games. He comes and joins the football team, you know, in time to play 16 games this year, collect those paychecks, not get the prorated rate for, you know, whatever it is. I don't know what the deadline is for him to, to report, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways it could go. But I think Chris Jones, like to Maddie's point, he needs $16 million. If you look at his totality of what he's earned to this point, $16 million guarantees a lot of money that you're turning down if you don't take it. I think the move, I, I've been saying, I think he's playing on the tag this year, and I think it's his last year in Kansas City. I wonder if things are more toxic than I even you know kind of think, and it's not something where the Chiefs have to figure out something to get him on a different team this year if it's just the best for everybody to move on. It doesn't make this football team better. That being said, Jadavian Clowney and Everson Griffin are both out on the market right now and I would I'd be calling those guys right about now just and to see Snacks what's up. Harrison for what it's worth. And all three of those guys are better fit schematically in Steve Spagnuolo's defense than Chris Jones. Chris Jones is like the lightest defensive tackle they've ever that Steve Spagnuolo's really played with, right? Yeah, more or less. I I think there's probably had some rotational dudes in there, but never anybody that's really been a true starting guy. Yeah, as far as significant snaps go, he's by far the lightest. I mean, I guess it depends on what he really played at last year, but I think they made it sound like he was closer to 290, and he definitely prefers guys over 300, preferably quite a bit over 300. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's something to think about. So I mean, there's some guys out in the market that you're not replacing Chris Jones. There's zero. The Chiefs get worse if they trade Chris Jones this year. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just wondering if it gets to a point where things get, you know, more toxic. If we're not going to see it, Maddie, I want to ask you this. I want to know from you, and I want to know from all of us. Like, I want to get your opinions. What do you think the Chiefs could get for Chris Jones right now? This is a loaded question because we've been talking about this for months now. I mean, you could probably even go back to last offseason and pull up some of our Chris Jones talks about him holding out last year. But I mean, right now, you're past this particular draft. I don't think you're at the point now where you could go ahead and say next year's draft picks are worthless as well. So I would be surprised if they could get a first round pick right now. I don't think that they are going to get what Buckner got from the Colts at this point in time. I think he would have to have another great year to get that much in return. I think so as well. And I, oh man, this is tough. Because what, Jadavian Clowney went for a third, correct? And like some role-playing linebackers. And like special teamers. Oh, but that was Bill right. O'Brien. We can't use that as an example. I know. I'm just trying Bill to Bill O'Brien. Okay. Yes, for certain. But surely the Chiefs wouldn't accept less than that. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to accept less than a third-round draft pick if Jadavian Clowney went for a third last year. So I think that the Chiefs would try and push for at least a two and then hopefully to a bad team hopefully a bad team that's not on the schedule and out of conference, like all things considered, if you're able to offload him to somebody with lots of cap space. Here's the other part of this. Chris Jones has to sign his franchise tag by July 15th, and then after that cannot negotiate a new contract during that time period. If the Chiefs are going to trade him to a team that wants to structure a deal, 
that's got to happen before July 15th. Otherwise, he's going to be playing on the franchise tag for that team if I'm understanding the rules to that correctly. So in that regard, it may even be a team that's okay with just one year of Chris Jones. We may see a team that's willing to give up a second just to play for one year of Chris Jones. But that means that the value for Chris Jones in the market has gotten to a point where the Chiefs are just trying to get rid of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And see, that... I I don't know. I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot. I would I would be like I would be very frustrated if the Chiefs do something like that. I understand there's a lot of reasons why that could be the case. And yeah, maybe if you went and grabbed, you know, Everson Griffin and Snacks Harrison or, you know, Jadavian Clowney to kind of, you know, offset some of what you lost. I get it maybe a little bit more, but I I just don't think this makes that this make your football team better just flat out, and that's I, it's it, that bothers me. It's going to bother me whatever the decision is and how that plays out. I think Chris Jones needs to play here this year, but I don't think he's going to be playing here beyond this year. Well, and I wonder if that's something the Chiefs said. I think I talked about it at some point in time this offseason because I was I mean we all were kind of on that side that we should have traded Chris Jones before the draft, but I changed my tune and said the Chiefs might be going all in this year, and I think. I wondered if the COVID situation in general made them think twice about trading him just for the simple fact that maybe the market wasn't as high and they thought they could use him this year rather than trying to find a replacement for one year. However, I think the issue now is, like you just said, there's no way the Chiefs are going to get better right now with trading Chris Jones right now before the season or keeping him if he's going to hold out. Like They are not better now by not have trading Chris Jones before the draft. So I just happen to wonder if that's a gaffe made by the front office expecting the COVID situation to force his hand a little bit more. I also think we should just circle back to trading Chris Jones for Jamal Adams. Like we should just, we should just go ahead and make yeah. this deal. Like, I mean, at this point in time, everybody's talking teams, players aren't getting along. Like he can go to the jets. We'll take Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams won't make us pay him right away. Chris Jones will make them pay him right away. It's fair trade for everybody. I think it makes all the sense in the world actually. And it makes like, I, it makes way more sense than, than I thought it did two weeks ago. I, I wrote, I didn't think that was a good idea to trade player for player. Cause I didn't, sh- I wasn't sure how much it made you better. I don't think it make you better. And it probably makes you a little bit worse losing the interior pass rush. Um, there's probably an argument you can be made that they're, they're as good as they were. I think Craig probably stands on that. If I remember our show correctly, um, I, it presents it. It's that is much more fascinating now than it ever has been to me. We just didn't honestly. We and the change of heart is one hundred percent because I don't think any of us thought that he would hold out. Hold out like him dropping Le'Veon Bell's name. Why are you? A lot. Why are you taking advice from Le'Veon Bell? Time out. I'm sorry. Rant might come out. That is literally the worst person you could be taking advice on on contracts. He got paid. He got paid, Kent. I just, the whole thing, he's just, it's a mess. No, he definitely lost money. And I also just want to circle back real quick too. There's this belief that Chris Jones last offseason wanted to get paid and he did like the right thing by coming back to play without actually holding out because he only skipped the voluntary stuff. That's not exactly how that played out. Uh, Chris Jones, yes, by the time it was involuntary, he was there. Everybody else was at voluntary workouts. Everybody else is always at voluntary workouts for Andy Reid. He did not do things perfectly like a model player just by showing up when he abs- the last absolute millisecond that he had to. 
Chris Jones was very upset he didn't get paid last year, and he made it known by not showing up. He needed a little, he could not afford to be fined, so he showed up when he absolutely had to. Do not try to spin it to Chris Jones last year played things the proper way, like somebody tried to be a choir boy did. He tried to hold out. He just realized at the last second that he couldn't actually do it. So don't get that little part twisted. He definitely did not play it by the book last year. Like I, That's a narrative out there. And I just want to address that head on here. He has held out, so to speak, already once. He's threatening to do it again. I just don't think Andy Reid goes in on that. I believe Frank Clark was at those voluntary workouts. The one that got paid on the defensive line. I think it's I think it's worth noting just from the opposite viewpoint. I don't disagree with what you said there, Maddie, but from the opposite viewpoint, in his mind, he didn't miss training camp. He showed up, he did his business, he played all year, he contributed in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs still don't want to pay him. So what good does it do him to show up other than the fact that he's going to make $16 million by showing up? I No, I get it from his side. I do. I just wanted to address it. I think there's a narrative out there from fans that he didn't actually hold out last year because if you're following like the actual guidelines of the league, he did not. I just wanted to be very clear. Everybody else for the Chiefs was practicing together and he was not there. That still counts as a holdout to the coach. And the Chiefs can't take voluntary workouts to the negotiation table. Like That's not something they can do. Chris Jones has played this situation terribly from the start, and Exhibit A is his demands last year, a year before his contract was up. His expectations were too high. When you get paid early, normally what happens is you get a little bit lower than what you're expecting. You know what you probably get? You probably get about the Grady Jarrett deal. That was probably about right for getting your money a year earlier than you're due. But that is not what happened. His expectations were higher than what the Chiefs are willing to pay him now, a year removed. He wanted $20 million. And now, or was, is it $20 million last? Was it $20 million last offseason? I don't know that we actually heard what he was asking for. We just knew it was more than the Grady Jarrett deal. They weren't even close. And the Chiefs... They weren't Frank Clark. He wanted Frank Clark money. Yes, he wanted Frank Clark money, I think, was out there. And the only leak I remember was the Chiefs offered a deal like near the Grady Jarrett deal, and the two sides weren't even close. I mean, okay, if you're wanting to get paid three years into, the, into your career, after one 15-and-a-half sack season... You got to come with more realistic ex- expectations. So you held out and you have not played your situation well. The Cast brothers have not played this situation out well. I will stand by that. They're going to be playing on the franchise tag. And it sounds like Chris Jones may not be playing until week eight. And if any indication of how he looked first day at training camp was, he's probably not going to make an impact in the first couple weeks that he's back either. I have still maintained that I, I, will, I will take Chris Jones to the playoff stretch. Like, yeah, get ready for the playoffs. I, like, I, that's I, really what it is. I just—it's going to be really frustrating to watch Week Ten where he's still not up to speed. Sure, but I—I w- I will take him when the money's on the table, and the Chiefs need you know an impact player too at the no, right time. No, absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Call his bluff. There's no doubt about Call it. Call the bluff. Yep. Yeah. No. They, they, the Chiefs have played this fantastically. I really do believe that. They can, eh, like I, I said, they. Him. They could have traded him before the draft. I think they could have played this better than just this. I think they wanted to run it back. I I really believe they wanted to run it back. Mm -hmm. And I think everything that they've done to this point has been strong and and, and been firm and been sound. They are going to pay him roughly $17.5 million APY over the next two years if they tag him, which I don't think they're – I think they're going to tag him once, and I think they're going to trade him. 
I think he's still going to have some, I think they're still going to have leverage in a trade next year because he's still going to be wanting more than what he's going to be getting on the franchise tag next year. So that is still some leverage. It's just not as much as they would have had this year. Any other closing thoughts on this? We've just went, we wound up going 35 minutes on Chris Jones. Nah, I'm, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's all on the table here. Uh, July 15th. That's, that's the day. That's the day, guys. That's when everything has to be done by if the Chiefs are going to pay him. If he's not signed by then, he's either getting traded this year or he's getting traded next offseason. Well, I, I want to be very clear. I don't think that it's incorrect of Chris Jones to try to ask for this much money. I think that he is very well within his right to ask for this much money. I mean, seeing what DeForest Buckner got, like Chris Jones should be like, yeah, no, that for me too. Like, absolutely go for that, Chris Jones like the kind of unspoken rule in the NFL, not going to sit here and tell somebody what to do with their money. He should absolutely go after this. Just like Kent said, I think his side has handled it pretty poorly. I think they've made some questionable decisions that is making it a lot harder for him and the Chiefs or for him and another team to get along at this point in time. All right, that is going to do it for basically what turned into a live reaction to the Chris Jones drama uh, uh, edition of the AP Laboratory. It's been fun, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to us. There is no AP Editor show to, uh, tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday with the mailbag. Catch you later. I'm going to go eat 34 wings.